In Luke chapter 22, in verse 39, it reads, And he came out and went as he was wont to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that you enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. I know as we often celebrate Easter, we focus on the grave and the tomb and the risen Savior as we should. Sometimes we put a lot of emphasis on the cross and the suffering and the blood for our salvation as we should. But today, if you will allow me, I think it is very fitting and I think God has poured this into my spirit to simply preach to you today the place. Verse 40 said, And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that you enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup. Not my will, but thy will be done. Let's talk a little while today about the place. The place. With our world upside down, and while we're scratching our heads and wondering if this was really started by a bat in China, a lab in Jersey, or a boardroom of Bill Gates, we make and step back and say, regardless of how we got to where we are, maybe, just maybe, God can use this to get us to the place. We all need to get to the place. Now the place is where we can value our family time. The place is where we can put God as a priority. Before Jesus went to the cross, he had to go to the place. Before he was willing to give his life, he went to the place. Before he wore the crown of thorns, he went to the place. Before he did anything that we're celebrating this week, he went to the place. The place is not so much physical as it is spiritual, mental, and emotional. Our problem is, is that it's difficult to get to the place without going to this place. We have relied on this place, and we should. We see today that there is a love in your heart for this place. There is a love within you. There is something that longs for us to be together in this place. But if we're not careful, we have gotten so adjusted to this place that it has replaced this place. It has replaced the place where Jesus had to go and where you and I have to go. And that is not a physical place, 
but it is a spiritual place. It is a place where we're willing to lay down our life. It is a place where we say, not my will, but thy will be done. I must confess, I'm preaching to me more than anyone. My only saving grace is that I come to this place to get to the place. And I have the luxury of coming to this place every day. I can confess that it's not even easy to come to this place and still not get to the place. It's easy to come to this physical building and still not get to the place. It's easy to come to this place and never reach the place. You can look back in your, in your walk with God and you can think of times that you walk through those doors and you walk back out and you never really entered into the place. You came to this place, but you didn't really get to where God wanted you to be. You didn't get to where you were one accord with God and you were saying, not my will, but thy will be done. We need to learn in all of this to be able to get to the place, even when we can't get to this place. Don't get me wrong, I think we have all come to realize now more than ever that this place is essential. This place is loved. This place is reverenced and respected. But we need to learn how to get to the place even when we can't get to this place. Jesus could have never gotten to Calvary uh, if he had not first visited uh, this place. Amen. If he had not first visited the place. Uh, when we learn to find the place, uh, we won't have any trouble getting to this place. It's almost uh, a catch-22 if any of you have ever read or had uh, any psychology. Uh, you, you know what I'm speaking of. Uh, amen. I used to think... Uh, that if you get people to coming uh, to this place uh, and they will hear enough uh, and they'll feel enough uh, or by accident uh, they, Brother Jordan, will get uh, to the place. Uh, but I have been reprogrammed. Uh, it does happen to some, uh, but the easiest and the best route uh, is uh, when uh, you do it in that order, uh, you rely on this place. Uh, if it's camp meeting uh, that gets you fired up, uh, if it's a revival, uh, youth camp, uh, all night prayer meetings, uh, or a jumping jack convention uh, that gets you to the place, uh, it's probably gonna take all of that uh, to keep you there. Amen. You see, you can never get to the place first. If you can ever learn to get to the place first, you won't need NYC, GMC, HYAC, or any other C, vitamin C, to keep you going. You will be in love with God. You'll love his word. You'll love his house. You'll love his presence. You won't need a scheduled time to come to the house of God. You'll just show up because you've been to the place. Amen. I said you will have been to the place. And if we can ever find that the place and get along with God and allow God to 
separate us from ourselves and allow God to work into our heart where we can say, not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. If we can ever get to the place, you won't need a certain song. You won't need a worship leader. You won't come only when you are on the program. You won't get offended if your name's not called. You won't have to be begged or reminded to worship, to pray, to give, to witness, to fast, or to read your Bible. When you get to the place, it'll begin to come from the inside, and there won't be anything that can keep you out of the house of God. There won't be anything that will keep you from worshiping you. You may not be in this building, but you'll wake up as the Word of God says, amen, and you'll enter His gates with thanksgiving. You'll start your day with praise and you won't have to have a padded pew. You won't have to have a worship leader in a choir. You'll open your house, amen, as a house of God. You'll lift your hands. You'll lift your heart and God will have church with you wherever you are. Amen. You see, the place will change you. The place will transform you. The place is not pretty. There's no crowd at the place. When Jesus came to the place, he brought Peter, James, and John with him. But there was no crowd there. There was no interference there. There was nobody in the way. Amen. It was a lonely place. But that place is a life-changing place. That place is a place of transformation. Amen. You may not have a lot of friends at the place. You won't have to worry about social distancing at the place. The place causes us to want to go a little further. As Brother Wilson preached to us a few months ago, the place is what drives us to say goodbye to our friends and move on on a little closer to Calvary. You see, once you get to the place, you realize you have to separate from even your closest friends. Jesus leaves Peter, James, and John, and he goes on to a place of solitude and prayer. The place prepared him for the cross. The place made a way for salvation. The place will make a way for your salvation. The place will prepare you to crucify your flesh. Romans 6 and 6 said, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Amen. If we're crucified with him, amen. If we get to the place that we need to find, amen, alone with God. If we get to the place I'm preaching about, let me tell you that place, amen, as I said before, is not popular. That place, amen, is not congested. That place is not full of bells and whistles. But I'm telling you, you find something at the place that you won't find anywhere else. You find something at the place that cannot be found in entertainment. It cannot be found, amen, in, in social events. Amen. I think right now would be a good time for you 
just to begin to pray, God, help me to find the place. Even the conductor's giving a praise to the Lord today. Amen. An amen from the railroad company. You see, Jesus had to go to the place because he was preparing for the cross. Now I know today that our thoughts of the cross range from anywhere to good, bad, or ugly. But a lot of times it's just a symbol of Christianity. It's a symbol that everything's all right in my life. It's a symbol that I know Jesus. It's a symbol that I've been blessed. It's a symbol, amen, that, that, that I reverence God. But I'm telling you, it's gotta be more than a symbol. When Jesus faced the cross that day, it was not a religious symbol. It was not something people were wearing on their t-shirts. It was not things people were wearing with a gold chain around their neck. It was not a bumper sticker or a car tag or somebody's fancy tattoo. I'm telling you, the cross was a dreaded place. The cross meant death. The cross meant suffering. The cross meant pain. The cross meant, amen, that you were going to get punished. Amen. And for Jesus Christ to be able to face that death, for Jesus Christ to bear the pain and the agony, he had to go to the place to prepare for that. And so Jesus comes to the place. You know the story. He's got Peter, James, and John with him. And he says to them, watch with me. And he goes, the Bible says, a stone's cast away. I don't think I'm going to have time to get into that today. I, I may make a, a, a part two so we can complete that. But you need to realize that when Jesus Christ left Peter, James, and John that day, he realized that he had to go closer to the cross. He had to go to a place of preparation. He had to go to a place that was preparing him for a physical death. Amen. You, you, we, we cannot, we cannot fathom what he was facing that day because it was not only a physical death, but he was about to take on the weight of the world. If any of you, I say if, when any of you have ever done anything wrong, amen, there is a guilt that weighs on us. Even from telling the smallest lie, even from, from if you call it a little white lie, anything that you want to fathom 
any wrong in your life, it begins to weigh heavy on you. Amen. You begin to bear that burden of sin. Amen. Can you imagine Jesus Christ as the weight of the world? Every sin that has ever been committed. Just think about your sin. Think about the things you've done wrong. Amen. Jesus Christ felt every one of those sins. He felt the guilt. You remember the day you repented of your sins? You remember the guilt that brought you to an altar? You remember when you walked into the house of God and the word went forth and the spirit of God began to tug on your heart and you brought it to the altar? Amen. That's what Jesus Christ felt times a million, times a million because he had the weight of my sin and the weight of your sin and the weight of your sin and the weight of everybody's sin in the world weighing on him. And so he had to go to the place to prepare himself, to prepare himself. Amen. You see, the place was making a way for our salvation. The place was making a way for Jesus Christ to make it to Calvary, to get to the cross. Because without the place, uh, there would have been no Calvary. Without the place, uh, there would have been no crucifixion. Uh, without him standing, uh, amen, or kneeling in that garden uh, and pouring his heart and his spirit out uh, and saying, Father, uh, not my will, but thy will be done. Uh, let me tell you, the hardest part of salvation, uh, amen, is not walking down the aisle. Uh, it's not getting into the baptism. Uh, it's not even when you leave and go home uh, and have to live it in front of your family. Uh, it's not even when you go to work the next day uh, and you face your co-workers uh, and some of them make some snide remark uh, about you being a preacher man uh, or a religious fanatic. Uh, that's not the hardest part. Uh, the hardest part uh, is getting to the place uh, where we separate ourselves uh, from uh, God and we say, uh, God, not my will, but thy will be done. I think we're learning a little bit in these last few weeks because we're not getting to get our way. You've learned that somebody can tell you when to get up, when to go outside, where you can eat, where you can't eat, almost what you can eat, what time you can go to the grocery store, how far you can stand before somebody else, how many gallons of milk you can buy, you're learning that it's not always my will. It's not always my way. If I had it my way, we'd all pile inside right now and hug everybody's neck. Amen. Have a big old time. But we're learning that it's not always my way. Amen. I believe God's trying to say, look, uh, even when this thing is over, uh, you need to learn uh, how to let God have his way in your life. Uh, 
Amen. If you can say no. Amen. If you can walk away because the governor says. If you can be separated because the mayor says. If you can stay home because your boss says. If you can do this and do that. How much more should we be willing to follow what God says? When God says move, we ought to move. But in Romans 6, as I said, Jesus Christ was preparing to be crucified. Preparing of all people. Jesus Christ never had any sin. Never knew sin. But now he's about to take the cup. The cup of iniquity, if you will. The cup that held all the sin of the world. The most bitter taste, if you will. Amen. Was in that cup. And now, Romans 6 and 6 said, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. We've got to find the place so that we can crucify our old body of sin. You say, well, uh, I'm saved. Uh, well, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, uh, I've been in church uh, for 20 years. Uh, amen. That's all fine and good. Uh, but we still have a body of sin. Uh, we still have, uh, amen, the spirit, the, the, the fleshly nature that lives inside. Uh, and there's not a one of us, uh, amen, that no, does not need to visit uh, the place uh, every day. Uh, and say, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. So, our old man is crucified with him. We do that in an altar. Amen. That's why I said we celebrate Easter or should every day of our life because we should be dying out to sin every day. We should get up every day and say, God, forgive me. Father, forgive me of my sin. Wash me, cleanse me. You see, we got too many, uh, amen, people that have the attitude, uh, I haven't done anything wrong. It goes against our nature to admit our wrong. It goes, uh, there's some people carry things for 10 15, 20, 30, 50 years. Uh, I never was wrong. Uh, amen. You need to admit you're wrong. Uh, you need to find an altar of repentance uh, and say, God, not my will, but thy will be done. Because it's only when we're crucified with him uh, that the body of sin might be destroyed. Uh, I'm telling you today, I need this body of sin destroyed. Uh, I need the spirit man to be alive. Uh, I need a resurrection in my soul. I need the spirit man to come alive today. So if we're crucified with him, we must be buried with him. Romans 6, 4, Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. Colossians 2, 12, Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. Amen. I'm telling you, 
If you have not been buried with him in baptism, if you get to the place where you've repented of your sins, you get to the place, uh, amen, where you can separate from sin, uh, that you can say, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. Uh, then we are buried with him. Uh, amen. Let me tell you, Easter uh, is an everyday occurrence in our life uh, because we die to sin. Uh, we're buried with him in baptism uh, and we're resurrected uh, through the spirit of Jesus Christ. For Romans 6, 5 said... For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen. That's the part of Easter we like is the resurrection. But let me tell you, you can't have a resurrection if you don't first have the death. You can't have a resurrection if you hadn't been buried with him. I'm preaching to somebody today that needs to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. That same power that brought him out of the tomb on that day can resurrect your spirit man to walk in a new life. Amen. Verse 14 said, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one die for all, then we're all dead, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Amen. Verse 16, 2 Corinthians 5, Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh, Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, uh, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things uh, are become new. I'm telling you, the place uh, is a pl painful place. Uh, the place uh, is a place of pain and suffering. Uh, a place of separation from sin. Uh, a place to lay down our flesh. A place to allow God to have his will in our heart. Maybe during this time, amen, of separation, amen, from events and separation from one another and even separation from the building, amen. Maybe it's a time that we find the place. Maybe it's allowing us to get to the place where God can speak to our heart, where the Spirit of God can move within us. Amen. The place is a separation of you and your desires. Let me tell you, I don't know. I don't know what America's going to look like after this is all said and done. I don't know that we're going back to everything as normal. There are going to be some setbacks. There are going to be some adjustments. And I'm not here to preach doom and gloom. I believe God's got this. And I believe God has got his hand on you. Amen. Just like David, I believe I was young and now I'm old. And I've never seen his seed forsaken. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And I've never seen his seed begging bread. So as we find this place, we understand there's separation. We understand our desires have to be laid aside. 
But it's the place that caused Jesus to go farther about a stone's throw away. A place where Peter, James, and John could not go. A place that even his inner circle could not go with him. Let me tell you, I'm talking to you today about a place between you and God that only you and God can meet. A place you can't take your friends. A place you can't even take your prayer partner. A place you can't even take your spouse. A place that others will not understand. It's a place for you and God. It is the place. It's not this place, but it's the place. It may be in your closet at home. It may be when you're driving down the road. It may be a solitude place in the woods. Amen. You may have an old work shed that you can hide away in. It may be in the prayer room in here. It can be anywhere upon this globe. Amen. But the, the fact is you've got to find the place that there be a separation between you and your flesh, between you and what your worldly desires are, that you can go further and get closer to the cross. Because if we don't get closer to the cross, we'll never have a resurrection. Everybody wants to celebrate. Everybody wants to celebrate Easter. He's alive. All those songs, Brother Johnny, about him being alive are upbeat. And everybody's rejoicing. He's alive. He's alive. And everybody gets excited. And you should. You should celebrate that. But I'm telling you, you can never have a resurrection until you first visit the cross, uh, until you first crucify, and you'll never be willing, you'll never be willing uh, to get on a cross uh, if you do not find the place, uh, if you do not find a place where you say, not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. I find it very intriguing, if you will, that in this particular writing, when he talks about leaving Peter, James, and John and going further, that this term is used. It says, he went about a stone's cast away. Nowhere else in Scripture do I find that same reference as a marking point or a measuring distance. This is the only place when you go through Scripture you find they use many different descriptions talking about distance. You find that they use certain things as a day's journey or a Sabbath day journey. They were different, different distances. They even talked about furlongs and different uh, measurements. But this is the only place where they find a stone's cast away. It's unique to this occasion. And if you will allow me just a, a moment, if you will. Like I said, I, I'm not going to have the time to dig deep into this, I'll do that in a follow-up message. But I believe its meaning 
goes all the way back to the Old Testament where the rock is very significant as is sowing and reaping. And the rock has always been a deterrent to the sowing and reaping. All of our great farmers that are here today, you realize that anytime you're planting a garden, the last thing you want is rocks in your garden. You have to pull those rocks out, cast them aside before you can move on. Those rocks have to be moved away before you can allow something to grow, before you can even plant. Could it be that Jesus Christ on that day was using this terminology, a stone's cast away, that I want you to know, Jesus said that these rocks that have come up in your life, these hard places, these things that have hindered you, these things that have been a deterrent to you, if you want to pick them up and throw them out of your life today, if you want to take that stone and get it out of your life so that you've got room for growth, you've got room for Jesus Christ to be the vine, you've got room for Jesus Christ to flourish in your life, he said, I want you to know where I'm going to be. It's wherever you pick that rock up and you take it and you throw it out of your life. He said, I'll be about a, uh, a stone's cast away. Whatever direction you throw that stone away in your life. I'm preaching to somebody today. You've had some stones in your life. You've had some things that's weighed you down. You've had some things that's kept you from growing. You've wanted to plant a seed of life, a seed of prosperity, a seed of growth, the fruit of the Spirit, things in your life you wanted to see flourish and grow, but you couldn't even plant it because there was a stone there. Jesus said, I want you to know it was on that day that when I found the place that I was only a stone's cast away, and when you take that rock today, you pick it up in your mind, and you cast it as far as you can from you, I'm telling you there's a Savior kneeling down that says, I'm close enough to take that rock. I'm close enough to take that pain and that hurt. Maybe some of you have got rocks that people have thrown at you. Maybe you've got stones that have been cast your way to hinder you. Things people have put in your life to try to hurt you. Things people have said. Things people have done. Jesus said, would you pick that rock up today? And would you cast it in my direction? Because I'm only a stone's cast away. If you'll throw it, that's where the place is. That's where you'll find your Savior. That's where you'll find forgiveness. That's where you'll find redemption. That's where you'll find a Savior that says, I'll take your burden. I'll take your pain. I'll take your trouble. I'll take your heartache. I'll take whatever you have today. Can you bow your head?